Hello, everyone. Welcome to Perfect Timing Podcast. I am your host, Sydney Chandler-Renee, and today I have two lovely young ladies with me. Today, we're going to be talking about Roe versus Wade. Uh, I, myself, I reside in Maryland, like you, as you guys already know, and Miss Veronica Joseph, she resides in Atlanta, Georgia, correct? Mm-hmm, I do. And Dr. Lenore Tate, she resides in Sacramento, California, and we're just going to be talking about how it's changed and how maybe it's been different in our own communities. Uh, But just to give a little intro to the both of them, I will start with Veronica. Uh, She is the advocacy and engagement intern for Save a Girl, Save a Girl Speak Up program. She graduated from the UNC Chapel Hill with a degree in sociology with a minor in health and society. Currently, she's pursuing her master's degree in public health at Emory Rollins School of Public Health with a concentration on behavioral, social, and health education, education services. Uh, Her passion for health equality has led her to pursue research on both nutrition and sexual and reproductive health and focusing on improving Black women's health, which is perfect for today's conversation, I believe. (laughs) And Dr. Tate, who has an amazing bio as well, like I had to condense both of you, both of these, because like you guys do so much. I'm so proud of you. Uh, So she is a licensed psychologist residing, like I said, in California with a leading career that is committed to promoting mental and behavioral health and public policy. She's the director of many psych programs at universities, including the Forensic Psychology Program at Alien International University, is the Governor Affairs Director for Pfizer Incorporated and the California Primary Care Association, and has been a consultant and grant reviewer for, for many organizations such as the Congressional Black Caucus. I, myself, am a communications intern with Save a Girl, Save a World. Save a Girl, Save a World uh, focuses on making an impact on women's lives around the globe. Their speak-up ambassadors at historically Black colleges and universities, campuses, are assigned to open dialogue regarding health disparities that challenge Black women's futures. And again, I really think that's going to value today's conversation. Um, and today, like I said, we're going to be talking about Roe versus Wade. Uh, so a little bit of a heavy topic, but we're going to lighten up a little bit, just talking about our perspectives and things like that. Uh, I will give a little bit of description on how... Save a Girl, Save a World is, you know, impacted by this and how they're kind of standing. But for those of you guys who need a little bit more information, I'm going to go through what Roe versus Wade is and uh, for those of you guys listening and just so you can get a sense. Uh, so in the five by four uh, Supreme Court decision, Roe versus Wade, the landmark ruling that, protect, that protected the constitutional right to abortion was overturned on June 24th, 2022. The decision is related to a highly restrictive new Mississippi abortion law uh, and tens of millions of people around the country will be affected by the new federal law. Uh, Roe since 1973 had permitted abortions during the first two trimesters of pregnancy in the United States uh, with the ruling individual states uh, now have the authority to set their own abortion laws without legal restrictions concerning Roe. Uh, so according to the Department of Public Health policy, policy report, the effects of abortion on the Black community of every state that reports abortion and by ethnicity, Black women disproportionately have the highest abortion ratio in the country, uh, with 474 abortions per 1,000 live births. Just a statistic to throw out there. My goodness. But again, we're going to be dissecting all of that today. And again, I'm so happy that you guys were able to join me. Um, but just to kick it off, I, I guess, uh, Veronica, let's mm-hmm. start with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you feel about Roe versus Wade? How do you think that this has impacted you maybe in a personal or psychological way? Yeah, um, I'm not going to lie. When I heard the, I woke up to the ruling um, and I just remember just feeling absolutely devastated. Um so, you know, working in section repro, uh, it's one of those things that 
um, sexual health organizations in Georgia. Um, so we have like Arc Southeast, we have Amplify Georgia. These organizations are dedicated to um, ensuring reproductive health access for people. Um, Sister Love, Sister Song, all of those places. Um, so they've been preparing for this for a while. However, it being set into place makes it another thing because then you don't know what, what's going to happen afterwards. So it was one of those things where it was just a frenzy of information and, and wanting to like tell everybody like it's going to be okay, but also not knowing if it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's the scariest thing because living in Georgia, Georgia doesn't have um, trigger laws set in place how, like other states do. However, like Georgia is still pretty Republican state, um, pretty conservative state. And therefore like me living in Georgia, I don't know what that's going to mean if I do need an abortion or if I do need contraception or if I do need whatever, you know, for my own reproductive health. And I, I was angry, I was sad, I had a lot of feelings and I was disappointed um, because you would never think that something like this would happen. Um, I don't know why at this point. However, you would hope that things like this wouldn't happen um, mm -hmm. to our rights, but it, it's just falling apart. I agree. I mean, basically sharing the same feelings you do, just feeling like, you know, social media is like huge. Like that's how I first found out, like I'm opening up and I'm seeing like post after post after post. It's like, it's been overturned. I'm like, you're lying. Like, I'm just like, I was so devastated and just like heartbroken. I'm like, why are we again, especially as Black women, having to fight mm -hmm. for our rights? I don't understand when or how, like, human rights that we were born with were questioned and why so often we have to fight for them. If we all saw each other as one thing, humans, this would, honestly, I, I would believe this wouldn't be an issue. Um, but Dr. Tate, I'm, I'm curious about your perspective on how you feel about Roe versus Wade and how maybe it has uh, impacted you. Well, let me start off by saying, Sydney, thank you for having me, okay? Of course. <laughs> so I have a lot of feelings, but I think initially I felt fear, okay? I felt fear not only for women's reproductive health, but I felt fear about, well, if because so much we take for granted. So if they, the Supreme Court, can take away a woman's right, you know, for any decision-making and reproductive health, what else can they take back? Mm -hmm. Okay, like, are we as Black people with the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment, can they take that right back? Obama, a long time ago, he used to say, we are the united, quote, unquote, states. It really depends where we live, mm -hmm. where we work, and where we play how we're going to live, how we're going to survive and thrive, just as you say, as humans. But I just, so that's how I was feeling. And that's what I was thinking. But the other thing is that um, I have a different perspective in mm -hmm. that I'm old. So I grew up and lived before Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. Okay. I grew up and lived in the 70s. Okay, so listen, this is real talk. I remember what conditions were like for girls in my junior high school, middle school. Mm -hmm. 
in girls in high school, girls in college that needed reproductive health care. Mm -hmm. I remember like yesterday, I mean, like girls in middle school and high school taking, I'll just say medication. I don't know what they were ingesting in their bodies. And they would run around the track like, I don't know how many times to try to abort. I mean, this is real talk. I remember in college, you know, people couldn't afford, some women couldn't afford to go to Mexico to have Mm -hmm. a legal abortion in Mexico. And they were going behind, I don't know, we used to call it in an alley and using uh, wire hangers, like the hangers you get from the cleaners from some, I'm just gonna use this word, I'm gonna call that person a quack, but it could even been a physician because I don't know what kind of tools they had in those days. Okay, this is real talk, but women may abort. Some of them, it didn't work, but they were also left with the inability to give birth or or have any fertility afterwards. I mean, like, this is a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's scary. And then they would have infections. Okay, and then they have the shame and the humiliation and the fear of just having to come back. And then, you know, so all that stuff was going on. And doctors, just like in some states now, could be prosecuted. They could lose their license. Right. Veronica's just getting her master's degree. If you're going to go ahead and get an MD, you got four years of undergrad, four years of grad, two years of internship, two years of residency. You got to pass somebody's test and you're out a couple of hundred thousand dollars. And how are you going to pay all that back? Mm-hmm. Okay, so so that puts doctors in a bad position. I'm like in like I wish you guys could see my face right now. Like I'm honestly just so like starstruck by the words that Dr. Tate was just speaking. Like Hang you can't imagine it's like caveman days. I can't imagine. I, I, I but honestly you better can't. start imagining it, okay? Because I'll tell you, let me just tell you one quick thing, Sydney, what happened. So what had happened was we had AIDS. Mm-hmm. And so when the AIDS epidemic, you know, really hit, hit home mm-hmm. and the Supreme Court was much more liberal Mm-hmm. And Congress, meaning the Senate and and uh, yeah. the Senate and Congress, our legislative leaders saw how many people were dying of AIDS. Mm-hmm. Which we look at that too as reproductive health. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. That that's it was a movement on the left to say we've got to do something about this, yeah. right. and that's how Roe v. Wade became came kind of. In, to existence because there was a social cultural shift and movement in the United States to protect, as you would say, human beings, both men and women. Mm -hmm. I, again, like in disbelief entirely. And, you know, when I was younger, because I was born in 2004, you guys can call me young. (laughs) But like when just like growing up, like I never questioned anything like this, hopefully not, you know, considering my age. Um, I'm just so I'm concerned now and I'm like terrified, you know, like of what I can do when I grow up. And, you know, as you mentioned, like doctors are at risk. How can someone who is trying to provide a service by, for example, giving an abortion to someone, how are they going to receive more time 
than lack of a better term, like a rapist who like impregnated someone else. How does that make any sense? Losing their license. I don't understand what murder I'm using this in quotes for you guys listening is being done here. And, you know, there's so many like pseudo, like pseudoscientific explanations that people give to justify why they support the overturn of Roe versus Wade. And it's just all by misinformation. I, I'm not sure if you guys heard the hearing. Um, I think it was played on the V or some other. It was everywhere, honestly, about the uh, young girl that was unfortunately raped at 10 years old and, you know, trying to receive help through that way. The conversation had during that hearing was driving me insane. Like, I thought, like, you know, I'm about to be 18 years old. I'm still trying to, like, figure out, like, this legal language and just, like, understanding what everyone's saying but I could not fathom the words that were coming out of this woman's mouth yeah. you know talking about she's like it would not be an abortion I'm like that doesn't make any sense I'm so sorry oh, like she was she yeah I think somebody cut her off they said I know I was like what is she okay, saying no, she didn't know what she was talking about and that's why they had the lawyer come on to yeah. clearly define describe what an abortion or reproductive rights were but yeah. that lady didn't know and that's why like the whole conversation around abortion is so important and why it's so political because there has been so there have been so many people who've been allowed to say things about abortion um, and like stigmatizing abortion and not understanding like the entire premise of Roe v. Wade. A Roe v. Wade was not just about abortion; it was also your right to privacy, um, and it also affects like so many other things for women. It affects like your ability to get IVF, like if you are a woman who has trouble conceiving. It yeah. affects your um, Yeah, it's going it's going to move toward contraception because that's the next step. So it's all of those things. And abortion is one of the most medically safe procedures you could ever have. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a fact. But the way that people will describe it um, and people place this um, sense of empathy on what abortion is and what abortion is affecting in order to like justify not having them. Mm -hmm. However, it's more detrimental, like Dr. Tate was talking about, to not have access to abortion than to have access to abortion. And we're going to see the after effects of that. But here's the other thing um, I'm going to say for Sydney, especially because she's getting ready to turn 18. And my attitude is, have you already registered to vote? I have, actually. I have. Okay, so that's good. I'm glad you have because, you know, you can register at 17. Mm-hmm. to vote at 18, okay? So the other whole dynamic is, is that, you know, a lot of us, whoever us are, whoever we are, are so apathetic about wanting to get out and vote. In California, it's easy to vote because they send you your, your 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 ballot. You don't have to worry about anything. You can just mm-hmm. send it back in. You can put it in your mailbox. The mailman will come and get it. Mail person come and get it. You don't need anything. All you got to do is fill it out. Okay. But it's not that easy in other states. But I am going to encourage everybody because now that you know that this is a state issue, mm-hmm. okay, more than a federal one, mm-hmm. okay, it's a state issue, get out and vote and get all those uh, people who are, who are of uh, whatever, I don't like the word pro-life, because they're not pro-life. I'll just say that don't want to give a woman a right to choose. Mm-hmm. Get them out of office. And it's not just the governor like in, in Georgia. If I'm just going to say if Stacey Abrams wins, she can't do anything if she's got a Republican uh, legislature. 
So you all got, we got to get out and cast our ballot. Right. And, I mean, I, and I, we I, can whine and cry and yell and scream and jump and, and protest. But let me tell you something. If you haven't gone out to vote, you don't need to do, there's nothing, there's no crying, yelling, screaming and protesting that's going to do anything. Exactly. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because there's, you know, votings going on in uh, the state of Maryland right now, just like, you know, delegates, senators, like the whole nine yards. And, you know, I've been doing my part in promoting that. I was helping out a judge with her campaign and just like seeing the people showing up to vote, young people, because that's that was my whole like advocacy, just like making sure that young people are getting out there to vote. And I also, I also have an interesting uh, perspective, as you mentioned, that it's not super easy to vote in other states, because I'm an intern with the Congressman Steny Hoyer, and I answer constituent calls. And I want to say I received like two to three calls, I think in like one to two days or something like that, about people saying, hi, um, I think there's an issue with the mail-in ballot, you know, I got it for the wrong county or something like that. It's th that kind of stuff is serious. I'm like, how did you get the wrong ballot to your county. We're just trying to figure that out. There's been a huge issue on that. And so I'm just trying to make sure that, you know, people understand the severity and the importance of voting um, and just making sure that people are out there ex exercising that right. Because like you said, we're the main people like whining and crying, just being like, we need this change are the main people that aren't doing the first thing that they can probably do, which is go out there and vote. Um, but thank you both so much for joining me in this first half of our podcast again. This, is going, this one's going to be a good one, you guys, I, I promise you. And like, we have so much more to get into, but we will be right back after this break. Hey, this is Sydney Trelawney, and I'm so excited to share with you my international podcast, Perfect Timing, that will be broadcasting on Mondays at 2 p.m. through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and so much more. We will have outstanding guests that will talk about their passions, goals, and dreams. Make sure you tune in and have a seat at the table where we will create a voice for us every Monday at 2 p.m. This is Sydney Collins of Perfect Timing. Have you put in place the tools and marketing strategies that will drive the revenue and growth outcomes for your business? Are you looking to expand your brand and image nationally and globally? Commercials, podcasting, graphics, and marketing support are just some of the ways we can dress up your business for prime time. We are EliteConversations.com. To learn more about us, check us out at EliteConversations.com, our website, email us at ecpodcastmedia at gmail.com, or call us at 301-900-5703. There are many people that need to know about the wonderful products and services you have to offer. Let Elite Conversations help you to get the word out. Welcome back, everyone. Again, I'm here with Ronica Joseph and Dr. Lenore Tate, and we're talking about our feelings about Roe versus Wade and how it's been affecting us uh, personally or psychologically. And uh, it's been a really good conversation so far. So let's get back into it. So how do you both think this is going to you know, impact our future? We've kind of spoke on that a little bit in our first part, uh, but especially as Black women, like Dr. Tate, you gave a very unique perspective as experiencing a time before Roe versus Wade and, you know, maybe the terrors that people are experiencing. Do you think that that will carry over into today's time? 
You mean the horror stories? Oh, yes, ma'am. Yeah, I do. I do because um, women, because women don't, most women don't know in, that are of reproductive age, know only about bodily autonomy. Mm -hmm. I mean, your generation, I want to say from birth to age 50, right? Nobody knows anything except I own my body. So now, I mean, like you were mentioning about the 10 year old that was raped probably twice. I mean, I can't even see as a mother not having enough resources to abort that child. I'm just gonna say from a rape, it just, it, I don't know where the church, the church stands on it, but I feel that um, I think uh, Reverend Ward, Warnock, is that his name in Georgia? He was on The View today. He said, there are too many people in the room. It should just be the patient. Yeah. It should be the patient's family member and the doctor. Mm -hmm. But government does not need to also be in that room. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it's gonna impact women. I think particularly when you gave the stat about black women, I just think that whether regardless of your social economic status, and maybe Veronica, you can talk about this a little bit more, but regardless of your SES, that when you don't have the financial resources to go to Sweden, okay, or to go to a European country or to go to Mexico or to come to California, uh -huh. that um, there is not a system of care in those 22 or however many states that who, that have banned abortion to, even if a woman carries to term, what happens? Does the kid go into foster care? The right. foster care system is overloaded. What happens to the developmental disability system if the kid has a developmental disability? I mean, we don't have enough systems in place. Okay, forget about a woman's mental health to care for, um, those women who refuse or who really unwillingly do not want to carry a child or fetus to turn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dr. Tate, you just lit something up in me. Like I'm about to go on a tangent because the, the systems that we have in place are not set, especially for women of color and, you know, just civilians in America recently, like it's not set up in a way where if you were to take away abortion that even if you were forced to give birth, you have no system in place to make sure that the you know pregnancy goes well, that after they're born, it goes well. Like if you're going to make sure that, you know, the baby's in the womb and that you're going to make us, you know, give birth to it. Uh, so when it's born, will you then, you know, provide the right health care? Will you make it affordable for the parents? No. Okay, cool. Move on. Uh, so let's at least make sure that, you know, the parents are financially stable when it, when it is born. Can't do that either. Got you. Okay. So what about when they are in school and, you know, walking about day to day, having their everyday lives. Um, but sometimes I, they're held back by that because of gun control. Can't fix that either. Okay, cool. So where, do, where does it end? If you're going to, you know, put this restrict restriction on us, but not do anything to make sure that once this is followed through, it's not a good outcome, then what what was the goal there? Yeah, and we're watching the decline of our social system, like the very little amount of social systems we did have anyway to support people, you know, even though we pay taxes so that we can support people. 
um, decline because SNAP, WIC, all the things that support um, mothers and their children uh, have had their funding cut. I'm pretty sure that we're still in a baby formula shortage, which, um, you know, babies can only have one formula. And once they're on that formula, they can only have that one. And that's pushed out by the health medical system because they send you a box with some formula in it as a as a gift. And that's the only formula you can ever have. And that formula is gone. Um, so, you know, all of those things which were set up to help people, but not really, because you have to be in dire poverty in order to receive those things. Um, are also being cut and therefore you know on the side of bodily autonomy you also don't have the autonomy you don't have the ability and civil rights to to live a good life um and that extends to children because they're also taking away um free lunches that was sustaining many children in school because child um, poverty is the highest in the united states um so you know at what point do we actually care about the children because it is if it's only when they're in the womb then i feel like that's not really caring about children at all I totally agree, Veronica. <laughs> I'm going to say something that's going to raise the, the, the hairs on the back of some people's necks. So how about those 22 states that are banning abortion? I wonder if they can do anything with regards to the male reproductive system. Preach. OMG. Like, you know, we don't want to talk about vasectomies. Okay, we really don't. But I, I, you know, like there, there isn't, or uh, the male sexual, uh, other than a condom, you know, like uh, what kind of responsibility should uh, these states give men in terms of taking away their rights mm -hmm. to reproductive health? Right. Okay, and then, you know, I don't want to go there, but I decided to go there because yeah. It's, yeah. it takes two to tangle, it takes two to make a baby. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, because it's like, you know, you would, but because reproductive health rights for men are not taken into consideration because the emphasis is only placed on women. And I wonder it, why that is. Right, which is also, you know, misogyny. Because it's a man's world, but it'd be right. nothing with a woman or a girl. Okay, so, you know, okay. the way that patriarchy functions is by, you know, oppressing women. However, it also has taken away the even the opportunity because I, I think within this year we first started seeing like clinical trials for um the male birth control pill which has the same side effects as women's birth control pills um and thus was not cleared to be given out yet because they wanted to find a way to get rid of those um side effects, side effects. and now that we are having roe v wade where reproductive health rights are being taken into consideration and put into states you know jurisdiction Will we ever see anything that has to that gives men the opportunity to take control of the you know the reproductive health process or even you know the the contraceptive process? Like, will they ever be held accountable for their position and their role in creating children? Will it be legislated? You see, right. That's what we're going. That's what we're also talking about is legislation. Mm -hmm. This is policy development and regulation. Yep. So you know it. It, it concerns me. Yeah. But I will, can I, but let me just also say that for those of you that decide that you might want to immigrate to the West Coast, California, Oregon, and Washington, okay, on the West Coast, they made a commitment to access to women's 
reproductive access. So now at least in California, again, Washington and Oregon, um, those three states together are committed to protect access for all women, mm -hmm. which is, you know, which is like really paramount mm -hmm. to our health and safety. Sure. But how are you going to get there if you're in Georgia or Maryland and barely have enough money to, to go to McDonald's? Mm -hmm. Right. Or you only have food stamps or whatever they call it, EBT today. Yeah. I'm glad you started the conversation, you know, what, what's going on in different states. Uh, for Maryland specifically, not much has actually changed. In fact, the General Assembly uh, expanded the access to abortion care, which uh, overrode our governor, Governor Larry Hogan's veto to the Abortion Care Access Act. Um, the issue now is, uh, like you said, um, going into this, if people are trying to move to the West Coast or people are trying to move into Maryland, it's for people to want to receive abortions and get the health care that way, um, which in this economy, like you said, like, can't even afford to, you know, get McDonald's, can't even afford to go down the road because of these gosh dang gas prices. That is going to be a hot mess and a half because we're not going to be able to control that all. You know, people are flying in from Colorado. So we have like all of their patients coming over here and either or and we're going to the West Coast. So it's like, do we not see like the destruction that is about to unfold because of this Roe versus Wade overturn and how like, you know, it is going to dissolve and kind of, you know, again, wreck our medical system. Yeah, uh, what about, Sydney, just as you're talking, what about, I think it's the state of Missouri. I'm not sure if there's other states that, you know, um, will allow private citizens to, to sue that woman who they find out is trying to go and have an abortion. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but when, I, when you were talking, I'm thinking, this is like cray cray. Literally. I mean, like we said, like where, where does the line end? Right. It is, so you're saying it's my fault, me speaking as if I was, you know, carrying a child. It's my fault for wanting to go receive help because, you know, if my pregnancy might be fatal for myself and for the baby, I can't do anything about that because it's illegal. Yeah. Where does this line end? Uh, Veronica, is there anything going on in the state of Georgia? And maybe you can also go into how people can access reproductive health services. Um, what's going on in the state of Georgia? Yeah. So uh, like I was saying earlier, Georgia doesn't have a trigger law. However, it is still a conservative state and had uh, lawyers who were ready to, you know, try and institute law and policy once Roe v. Bay was term um, was reversed. So Right now, abortion is still legal in Georgia, um, and Georgia is going to be the state, especially for the surrounding states, where people are going to try and come access reproductive health care um, because there are so many states surrounding us that don't have it. So Georgia and North Carolina, which I'm also from, um, will be states where people are seeking abortion. However, Georgia um, lawyers are trying to enact a six-week ban um, and essentially the six week ban means that um, abortions will be banned once a fetus has a heartbeat. Um, and that is around the six week mark. Um, most women don't know that they're pregnant until after six weeks. Um, and the heartbeat thing is also a very pseudoscientific thing because, you know, um, at that point, like it has not actually developed into what we would consider um, a human child. It is just a cell with something that beats uh, or a collection of cells with something that beats. However, that is the law they're trying to enact. Um, there are exclusions 
for rape, incest, and when a woman's life is in danger. Um, however, most situations of abortion, and I want to emphasize this, and I'm going to emphasize this regardless over and over again, if you want an abortion, you should be able to have an abortion, period. It shouldn't matter why you want to have an abortion. It shouldn't matter what the circumstances of your abortion were. You can wake up one day, find out you're pregnant and say, I don't want to be and go get an abortion. And that's how it should be. Um, the same way you can wake up and decide that you want to get contraception. But and it should be your right. It exactly. should be your decision. Exactly. The other part of this is that um, this law and policy will also grant fetuses a personhood right, which essentially is the same right that you have once you exit the womb. So <laughs> they have the same rights as a living person, um, which is not many considering we're having this conversation. However, um, it is the their equalizer to the right to live, essentially. Um, so that's where we are. <laughs> So um, I am part of um, Emory's Reproductive Health Association, and we actually just had a um, community health session, um, a community morning session, essentially, um, for Roe v. Wade. Um, and in this session, we, um, my wonderful, wonderful community members um, put together a list of uh, resources for women who are pregnant or women who are seeking abortions, everything that you need to know, um, voting, all of those things. So um if you are if you want to find out if your um state still has abortion rights um there are a couple of places that you can go one of them is um gutmocker.org um and they'll have all of the updated reproductive health policies laws and policies in the united states um if you're looking for abortions you can use abortionfinder.org and it'll provide you with places that are providing abortions by state um, fund your local abortion funds. So I mentioned ARC Southeast and Amplify Georgia, which are two um, organizations, community health organizations in Georgia that um, specifically have abortion funds. However, you can find yours in your state. Um, there are a couple of different places or a couple of different ways that you can do that. However, once you find your local abortion fund, send the money. Um, there's different ways to do that. And I'll try and send you the link so that we can just input it into the podcast because saying links is hard. Um, but that's one of the most important things that you can do right now. Making sure that abortion funds are funded as well as they can be because that's what helps people get act pay for their abortions. It gets people their transportation. It gets them their aftercare. It gets them all the medicine that they need. Um, for people, beware when you are seeking abortion, beware of pregnancy centers and pregnancy clinics. Um, and I'm not talking Planned Parenthood. That's not what those are. They are places that will often provide misinformation um, and try to convince you out of getting a abortion um, by scaring you, essentially. Um, they'll tell you all of the things that pro-life people will tell you and they pose as um, abortion clinics or play. I shouldn't even say abortion clinics because there's no like designated abortion clinic anywhere like all of them are just reproductive health care um, clinics and they provide the wide variety of everything they give you hiv sti testing and all that stuff but they also provide abortions um other than that if you're still looking for contraception and can't get it because we may be moving toward that um bedsider plan no, yeah. <laughs> bedsider planned parenthood just the pill those websites you can find um information about how to get contraception sent to you so they'll mail it to you you don't have to go get it 
Um, especially I think it's going to go over the counter pretty soon. Are they trying to yeah. have a conversation yeah, about over the counter? Yeah, because look, my me getting my own contraception every every month or every three months is already a process in itself. So it we it needs to be easier. It has to be easier. Right. The access of it, and I want to add to you, you know, the list of things that are really important for us to do right now uh, in terms of like when to receive an abortion, receive an abortion, or any other kind of healthcare in that term. Make sure you know your body. Dr. Tate, you're speaking to this earlier about knowing the female autonomy. This morning, I was actually listening to a podcast about, you know, like it was about like the menstrual cycle, and I was just talking about this is what this means. This is what you know this disease might mean. Like this is how you're supposed to track it in certain ways. I believe this podcast was recorded before it was overturned. So it wasn't really specifically talking about like, this is what we need to focus on now that it is. I think it was recorded in like April or something. Um, But again, it's just knowing, you know, so when you do go into a facility, like uh, a pregnancy clinic or something like that, and they're trying to misinform you, you know, and you're like, actually that's false. I know that from this and this and this, that I'm able to receive this healthcare and this is why. Uh, I think uh, I also learned in there that if you try to go in to get your, you know, your hormones tested or something, they're like, we can't do that. Also false. You can most definitely get your hormones tested. Uh, it just kind of depends on where you go and what you're looking for. Uh, but again, get educated, please, on your body and what it can do and what it cannot do uh, so people don't try to fool with you, okay, especially during now. Um, but I'm just so incredibly moved by both of you uh, just talking about having this conversation and just like making sure that my listeners are informed about what's going on. The perspectives that you both provide have been really enlightening to me and just, you know, seeing the growth that we can possibly make. Um, but thank you both so much for joining me today. It's been a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful conversation about Roe versus Wade. Uh, but before I let you go, uh, I'll go, I'll start with Veronica and then I'll go to Dr. Tate. How can we uh, reach and follow you? Yes. So, um, I am on Instagram. Uh, let me get my, my handles <laughs> at, um, Lil Ronnie, L U L dot R O N I. Um, I am also on Twitter, but I say a lot of words on Twitter, so y'all can't follow me there. However, I do have a Twitch page, um, at twitch.tv slash mind Ronnie J. Um, and my last thing before I go is, if you do not already and you track your periods, use um, apps like Stardust, um, apps that protect your privacy. So Stardust is a app that has gives you an encryption key and is dedicated to protecting the privacy of um, women um, because the next step in how they try to um, penalize women who are or may be pregnant um, in trying to get rid of it is that they will use data from certain mm-hmm. apps they can subpoena it. However, Stardust is not one of those. So I urge everyone to change those things. <laughs> Thank you so much. Cause I had to delete mine and I'm like, okay, what the heck am I going to do? Cause I was scared that, you know, my statistics were going to be used for something else. But thank you so much for the info. I'm downloading that literally right after this. <laughs> and Dr. Tate, uh, your, you know, credentials and how people can reach and follow you. Sure, they can reach me. Um, I have a website, Dr. Lenore Tate. Actually, it's just Lenore Tate, L-E-N-O-R-E-T-A-T-E.com. I'm also on Instagram, Dr. Lenore Tate, and uh, Twitter and everything else. So, you know, you can find me any kind of way, DrLenoreTate.com. Did you have any last words before I give our closure? Well, I'm just going to say, I guess I would just say to, for all your listeners, to be hypervigilant about yourself, your body, and your mind, to be independent, 
even when you are wanting love and intimacy, to understand that, um, to try not to leave much to chance. Mm -hmm. And um, no means no whenever, it, whenever it's supposed to mean no. And uh, just take care of your mind, take care of your body, and then your soul will be wrapped, wrapped tightly as well. And um, I also just want to say that here in California last month, I think around, actually almost a month ago, we passed um, uh, a reproductive health bill to ensure access for women and to ensure that physicians would not be subject to civil liability issues being sued, uh, even from other states. So I'm really proud to be a Californian and to be here with you today. And just thank you and Veronica very much for this great conversation. Thank you both again for joining me. It's been a beautiful conversation. Also, before you all leave, you already know that this is a, an installment of Saver Girl, Saver World. So for my listeners, I implore you, like we were saying, to stay vigilant and to stay educated. I implore you, especially my females, to go to blackdoctor.org and read the article on PMS or PMDD. That has great information about, you know, figuring out your body and you know your hormones and what's going on and you know not really you know being misinformed I really think this would be a great website for you all to use also if you're interested in becoming an ambassador for Save a Girl Save a World go to their website you know go ahead and register and reach out uh, especially if you go to an HBCU this is an amazing program for you uh, as we get into mentorship and you know just supporting one another through our own through our own communities but again thank you both so much for this wonderful conversation. And thank you to my listeners for listening. And this is perfect timing.